The Premier has made an extraordinary admission revealing she believes political pork barrelling is OK. The term pork barrelling is, is common parlance and if that's the accusation made on this occasion, I'm happy to accept that commentary. I think all governments and all oppositions uh, make commitments to the community in order to curry favour. Asked if using taxpayer dollars for political benefit is acceptable. It's not an illegal practice. Uh, unfortunately, it does happen from time to time. Pork barrelling or the granting of government funds to curry favour with certain electorates in order to secure votes has been a prevalent topic both federally and in New South Wales. At a national level, the rampant misuse of government funds has prompted calls for the introduction of a federal anti-corruption commission. And in New South Wales, the former Premier Gladys Berejiklian claimed the practice was perfectly acceptable since it wasn't illegal. So on the podcast today, we chat to one of the authors of a new book that examines the misuse of taxpayer funds in office and the need for greater transparency at an executive level level. Catherine Williams, Research Director at the Centre for Public Integrity, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Jim. Your new book, Keeping Them Honest, The Case for a Genuine National Integrity Commission and Other Vital Democratic Reforms, was co-written with your Centre for Public Integrity colleague and former Victorian Court of Appeal Judge Stephen Charles QC. Uh, What spurred the need to investigate improper uses of government for political advantage? Mm, it's a really good question. I think probably while there's, as Stephen said that in the book, um, a number of historical cases, most recently and possibly the areas that your um, your listeners are most familiar with at the moment are extensive reports of the Australian National Audit Office that raise really serious concerns about the misuse and sometimes potentially corrupt use of public funds. And we have to bear in mind when we're talking about public funds, and particularly when we're using the term pork barrelling, that I think can uh, disguise at times the seriousness of the conduct involved, uh, we're talking about funds that are not infinite. It's a source of funds that is very precious, and we need to ensure that those funds are going towards the areas in which there's most genuine community need, not the seats that are most likely to produce a positive election outcome for a particular party. Right. In New South Wales, a review of these grants processes was announced in 2021 uh, when the former Premier Gladys Berejiklian gave evidence um, at ICAC uh, that the government would throw money at seats to keep them. Uh, So is pork barrelling therefore uh, something that's engaged at at every level based on her testimony? Look, it does seem to be the case. And so it was really heartening to see some of the reforms um, that have been recommended in New South Wales and that hopefully will be adopted. Because where we have a lack of transparent processes, we don't have um, sufficient accountability. There is, it would appear, as you say, at all different levels of government, a very strong temptation for um, certain parliamentarians to take serious advantage of the public trust that's been placed in them and try to use funds for their own advantage or political advantage. Yeah, I mean, the, the review in New South Wales made 19 recommendations, as you've mentioned. Um, these included uh, measures to get better value for public money, um, increase in transparency, uh, and also recommended that all administrators uh, should document when ministers and politicians try to influence the grants process itself. 
Um, however, it didn't recommend the, uh, to make pork barrelling or sort of uh, actions that mirror the pork barrelling uh, definition in, in your book a criminal offence. D- do you agree that this administrative approach is the better way of tackling the issue or w- would a criminal approach serve better? Uh, look, I think probably, and you in, in New South Wales, we tend to hold your framework out as the exemplar framework when it comes to issues of integrity. And so currently under your jurisdiction's ICAC Act, um, the Integrity Commission has jurisdiction in relation to substantial alleged breaches of, co- of an applicable code of conduct. And so probably uh, the issue is already sufficiently dealt with in New South Wales in respect of um, an ability for there to be independent um, investigation of allegations of pork barrelling. There needs to be, as the review has recommended it, as you've acknowledged, a whole lot of other things put in place to try to prevent it. But um, in terms of allegations being made after the grounds process um, or indeed during it, the process that's already set out um, and the ITAC jurisdiction we think is probably sufficient. Uh, fair enough. There's, there have been, I mean, although the, the report was released on Saturday, there have been no commitments made yet by the Paratate government to enact the reforms. Um, and, and just the actions of releasing the report on a Saturday morning are interesting. How confident is the Centre for Public Integrity that the New South Wales government will legislate the recommendations? Well, until they commit to them, um, we can't be confident about it. It is our great hope that they will commit to them and it's excellent you know, that the inquiry even took place is already a very positive step. So we hope uh, and believe that they probably can see the clear reasons for the, the need for these reforms to be adopted and as soon as possible. Your colleague and chair at the Centre for Public Integrity and retired Supreme Court Judge Anthony Wheelie QC obviously supports the review and said it would put New South Wales uh, in a leading role in the fight for greater transparency in government. Do you believe that there would or there may be a flow-on effect federally to introduce similar legislation if the New South Wales, uh, if New South Wales passes laws to curb uh, these actions? Look, we would really like to see that. Of course, um, them adopting, New South Wales adopting reforms of these kinds shows, uh, uh, you know, I'm presuming the world won't implode as a result of it, will show the federal government that uh, there's nothing, you know, problematic for them about adopting reforms of, of this kind. Um, but whether that would be enough reason to encourage them to do so is a different question. Like if you take the case of electoral expenditure caps, we currently have caps in place in almost all Australian jurisdictions. Victoria is an outlier. Hopefully that will change by the end of the year. Um, and WA is an outlier, though I believe they're looking at that also. But that hasn't, at this point, put sufficient pressure on the Commonwealth to have them adopt similar reforms. So while we can hope for it, and as I say, it can be beneficial because it shows them that you know the world will keep spinning, even with greater transparency and accountability, it doesn't guarantee us that they'll take the same approach. The grants process as a mechanism for influencing the electorate, I guess, for lack of a better term... Is it a relatively new phenomenon, or why is it? Why are we engaged with it more so now? I know we're in we're in the midst of a federal election campaign. We've got two weeks down to the wire, but why has this been an issue for the past two years, uh, majorly? And it's also called for for uh, it's also been a catalyst for calls for a federal integrity body uh, in itself. Has it existed prior to this, and why is it so uh, uh, loud in the media landscape now? Do you think? Look, it doesn't 
seen that it has existed previously to the extent to which it exists now. And that's if we're looking at the reports of the audit office of this area, which really, aside from media uh, allegations, are all that we have to go on in terms of documenting um, the way in which public funds have been distributed across political across political seats. So it's really the case that we've had so many reports from the audit office that raise concerns about these issues, that's meaning that they are taking the, the dominance in the media that they are now. And as I say, while it doesn't seem um, that that was an issue years previously, it's also difficult for us to know that for sure. Catherine, I know that you're doing a bit of a tour with uh, with your co-author there. Where will you be appearing in New South Wales for any of our members who wish to attend? So Stephen and I will be at an event at Glee Books in Glee tomorrow evening, PM, and we'd love to see as many of your members there as are interested in these issues. Catherine Williams, your book, Keeping Them Honest, written with your colleague at the Centre for uh, Public Integrity, Stephen Charles QC, is available in all good bookstores now. And we thank you so much for your time being with us on the PSA CPSU New South Wales podcast today. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me, Jim. Protect yourself at work. Call the PSA today on 1300 772 679 or head to psa.asn.au. 